We continue our sermon series on the book of Acts today, where the apostles are being sent out to start the early church. We're going to hear the story of a man named Saul, and the story is kind of long, so I guess I shouldn't have had you stand. I invite you to sit down. If you'd like to follow along, you can find it in Acts chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they had heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate or drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he answered, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is an instrument whom I've chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, grace and peace to you from God, our creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today I would like to think a little bit about vision. I want you to think about your vision how clearly do you see? Have you been keeping up on your eye exams? I know I'm probably due for, about due for one. 
little about a uh, little over a year and a half ago, I went to my exam and realized I needed progressive lenses. My prescription had changed. I was a little hesitant to get those kind of glasses. But honestly, after I got them, I didn't realize how much clearer my vision could be. My old prescription, although I was used to it and comfortable with it, it was no longer serving me very well. And our vision in how we see each other and how we see the world is also one grounded in a sort of prescription too, right? A combination of all the experiences we've had in our life, all the people who have influenced us, all the information we've gathered, our traditions and history. They've shaped us and made us who we are. They create a prescription, if you will, as to how we see the world. Today we heard a story of someone in the Bible who had poor vision desperately needed a new prescription. So are you familiar with Saul? Or maybe you know him better as Paul, right? Same person. Saul was one of the most influential apostles in the New Testament. He wrote 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament. Saul, who later becomes Paul, led the mission of spreading the gospel message of Jesus to the Gentiles. Remember, Gentiles are all the non-Jewish people. All the non-Jewish people. So in continuing this study of the book of Acts, we meet Saul today. Now we heard a little bit about Saul a few weeks back, if you remember. Saul was standing watch as the disciple Stephen was stoned to death for preaching about Jesus. In fact, the scripture said, then they dragged Stephen out of the city and began to stone him, and the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. And the chapter ends with, and Saul approved of their killing of Stephen. Now that seems mighty strange, doesn't it, that this man, appointed by Jesus to spread the gospel, would not only oversee but approve the stoning of one of Jesus' disciples. But you see, Saul wasn't always a follower of Jesus. No. In fact, Saul had made it his life mission to persecute Christians, having them put into prison and many times killing them. And do you know why Saul hated Christians so much? Because he loved God. He believed he was protecting God. When he looked at the faces of Jesus' followers, he couldn't see the image of God. Saul was a Jew and a Roman citizen. He was raised a good Jewish boy. He knew the Torah, the name for the Jewish holy scriptures. He knew the law very well. He was trained as a Pharisee as well, someone who was well-respected in the synagogue and who knew the scripture so well. He knew it inside and out. 
You see, Saul believed with all his heart and mind that he was serving God by persecuting others, persecuting the followers of Jesus. The scripture says he was zealous for God. He might have seen Jesus as a threat to all that he had believed true about God. So he protected God with all his might. Saul's vision was impaired. Saul's prescription needed to be updated. How hard, though, would it be to one day wake up and realize that everything you've been taught, everything that you have put your trust in, somehow has changed? Well, in our story, Saul has received permission from the high priests in Jerusalem to arrest Christians in Damascus. But while he's traveling along the road to get there, there's a flash of bright light, and Saul falls to the ground, and he's about to meet Jesus. And I want you to remember at this point that Jesus has already died and rose and ascended back to heaven. Saul was not around during Jesus' ministry. Traveling along, Saul meets the resurrected Jesus, and his life will never be the same. Jesus calls to Saul and says, why do you persecute me? And Saul answers with, who are you, Lord? And here's the reply, I am Jesus, to say, I am God. Jesus tells him to go into the city and he'd be told what to do next. And as Saul begins to get up, he realizes he is blind. The scripture says, through, though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. His vision was gone. Those traveling with Saul take him into the city where, where he'll remain in his blindness for three days. Three days, maybe a symbolism of passing from life, death into life. God gave Saul what you would say, a timeout. Now, what must those three days have been like for Saul? Fearful, confused, broken, maybe a time of confession or praying, asking for his sight to be restored. God has sent the Holy Spirit to work on Saul. God is creating something new in Saul's heart. And you see, even someone who has done such awful, horrible crimes, someone like Saul, that's exactly the person that God chooses for good. After three days, Ananias of Damascus receives a vision from Jesus that tells him to go to Saul. But does he want to go? No, he does not want to go. He knows that Saul murders Christians says, no, I'm not going there. But Jesus says, go. For Saul is an instrument. He calls him an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before the Gentiles, all people, and kings, and before the people of Israel. Amazing. Saul has been chosen by God, possibly the least likely apostle there ever was, Right? A man who committed murder among those who loved Jesus. A man who believed he had it right 
He had it right. Believed he saw it correctly. Believed he needed to protect God. But Saul had it wrong. God chose someone who had it wrong. That's the thing about our vision. Sometimes we have a blind spot. And if you've ever helped someone learn how to drive, right? That's always fun, I know. You know how important it is to check your blind spot. Not just the mirrors, but you need to physically, yourself, turn and look. Sometimes our blind spots are just a matter of not questioning what we have always known. And sometimes our blind spots come from never considering a new prescription. It's more comfortable to keep looking through the old lenses, right? Even though we can't see as clearly. But God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, calls us to new vision, just like Saul. To see each other and the world the way God does, through love. So, how is your vision? If you look at these pictures, what do you see? Do they cause you to feel a certain way? Maybe pride, maybe fear, maybe confusion or not understanding. Do you see the image of God? Do you see Jesus? All kinds of different ways that we look at each other with different lenses other than the image of God. What do you see? How is your vision? Confidence, danger, comfort, hope, fear, what do you see? Do you see Jesus? Saul's vision was changed so that he could be open to see that God was much bigger than he could ever imagine. That God was not meant for just a few people. And that God's great love was revealed through the saving action of Jesus Christ to save the world. Saul would be sent out by God to preach the good news of Jesus Christ to all nations. He began the early church and tirelessly served as a missionary. Saul, whose name would change to its Roman version, Paul. Saul is the Jewish version. Paul is the Roman version, possibly symbolizing his mission to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. Saul, who had the scales removed from his eyes, and his sight was restored. Paul teaches us that we worship the God of second chances, and the God who takes the impossible and makes it possible. Paul teaches us that we don't need to protect God from those who see differently than us. That is not our job. As God's children, we are to love and serve one another, No asterisks, no footnotes, no conditions included. That we see each other as God sees us. 
And we pray that God will restore our vision. Teach us how to see in a new way. And ultimately that God will be our vision. Thanks be to God. Amen.